Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week is listener questions. We're back. We're back, although not on regular schedule just yet. It's still been a struggle to come up with a time that works for both uh, to record this mm-hmm. uh, context. I'm in San Francisco. I'm in Sam's Sam Sofa's uh, office turned into bedroom, <laughs> temporary bedroom. <laughs> and um, it's 10-ish a.m. here, which is, I usually record at 10 p.m. So this is new to me. Right. Um, and it is almost 2 p.m. here, uh, which usually recorded at 5. So, yeah, I think it's different for all of us. Um, but, hey, that's it's the summer. Um, lots of travel things going on. So, uh, yeah, we have to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Here we are, figuring things out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, should we get into some follow-up? We should. Um... The Layout Redesign Your Website Month um, is finally started, as we said on the last episode, so not last week, because I had to skip that one, but um, you had some heads up. <laughs> the month of July is going to be a month uh, in where both Kevin and uh, listeners, uh, we, we're going to be together and, and try to redesign our website and probably launch it um, August 1st at the end of the month. Why probably? And, we are definitely you know. launching all these websites. <laughs> right? Right, everyone? <laughs> right. Wink, wink, looks nervously, you know. Um, yes. I yeah, may but, have but so, been a little ambitious with my redesign project. <laughs> but we can talk about that later. We started a Spectrum uh, dingus. And um, a lot of people have been uh, adding their progress so far. So... This has been amazing. We've seen a lot of, um, and Kevin, you included, we've seen a lot of uh, wireframing, a lot of ideas bunching around. Some people are, you know, far more far ahead than others. Some people actually have uh, already, like, pretty much done, <laughs> like, websites, um, finished websites by now. It's been really interesting. Um, and uh, thanks, everyone, who's been participating. And if you haven't just yet, you know, it has just started. You still have plenty of time. So feel free to uh, go to that special thing. We're going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, hang out with the rest of us. And let's let's redesign our websites. Yeah, I, I've just been loving the kind of community feeling that this thread has. And for me, it reminds me a little bit of like old school Twitter, where everyone's just sharing mm-hmm. ideas and like really positive and helping each other out. Um, there's even some front end developers who are like, Hey, like if some people like need some help, like I'm, I'm here and I'd love to help out. Um, so yeah, it's just been super fun. Um, like really excited to see kind of everyone's work. Um, and it's at least for me, I know that it's been really motivating to kind of like feel like I'm part of this thing, even though I like kind of started it, but, um, like feel like hey, like, there's all these people that, like, we're doing this thing together, and I don't want to let people down. Um, so it's, like, really motivating me to, like, keep going and, like, keep posting things and stuff like that. So I will definitely continue to do that. 
And one thing I want to remind all the people that are in there is that uh, next week is a week where uh, I will be pairing you with some other person from the channel who's participating. Um, so you can both have uh, give each other feedback and maybe brainstorm some ideas together. So it, it'll be up to you to decide whether you want it to do it like over chat or um, do like a hangout or a Skype call or FaceTime or whatever. Um, it's completely up to you. Uh, but I think it'll provide like a really interesting opportunity for you to kind of connect with someone else, like get to get to meet a new person um, and then get some more like direct hands on feedback. Uh, I'll also be participating in that. So I'll be paired randomly with someone. Um, so, yeah, you can pair me up with someone as well. I want to be in this, even though I'm not redesigning my website because I just did that. Uh, I'm here to provide, you know, I'm here to play the mentor in the support role. Right. Well, uh, there, they'll so. also be the week after, which is like where everyone, if they want to, uh, can uh, meet with us. So that will also happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really exciting, really loving, like everyone's vibe and feelings. So, uh, keep it up everyone. Boom. Uh, before I move on, I just have this one tiny piece of follow-up that, so last time we recorded, you asked me the, uh, mystery question for Rafa of the week, whatever. This week. <laughs> I still haven't really got that, that segment name, uh, locked up, locked down, but you asked me what kind of superpower would I like to have if i could choose one and i chose flying like dragon ball z type of flying i could not stop thinking about that question even after we we stopped recording and so i have an update to if i can't update my answer um i think i would pick saying the best thing possible every time um <laughs> i don't know if you've seen uh the infinity war the avengers movie I have not. So, okay. Without spoiling it, it's like, hey, you know, if you're presented with a with a choice, with a decision to make, uh imagine that you could you could uh, see all possible different outcomes depending on all possible answers and just pick the best one, right? That's hmm. that would be my superpower. Like what is the best thing you could say at any time or do? In- so is that just like being real smart? No, like sometimes, sometimes the best decision is not the smartest one, or the you know. Sometimes just hey, you were lucky. You, you know what? Oh, you just met this one person. Uh, you know, mention this one obscure uh, the, the hobby that this person really. I don't know. This is weird, but you know. So not necessarily. It's just knowing every single possible outcome and and picking the best one. Hmm. Interesting. Um. Mm-hmm. What I what I find interesting about this is that. It it is kind of a superpower that I feel like some people already have, <laughs> right? No. Like no, well, that's your Doctor Strange. No, but I mean, like, not to the extent that you're describing. But it seems like some people like can just see so far ahead, and they can like, mm-hmm. no matter what they do, it seems like they're always making the best decision, or like they know exactly what to say, no matter which situation they're in. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like it is a super neat superpower. Um, but that makes me think, is there, and I guess <laughs> I thought initially I wouldn't have a question this week, but maybe I can roll it up into this follow-up question. Um, Play the jingle. This week, Kevin's got a question for Rafa. 
what is a thing, a skill you have that would could be considered by others as a superpower? No, I I, I can't answer this. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it can be a silly thing. Like uh, well, this one time I was uh, I was talking on Twitter. I was saying that um, one of my superpowers is the ability to Photoshop tourists out of uh, pictures. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, my superpower is uh, being able to uh, to make practical uh, special effects uh, using my computer and not CGI, but like. <laughs> like opening photo booth and taking a screenshot because that way you can see whatever you're looking at the computer in your face as well at the same time stuff like that or like that that weird um tweet about when we launch our stickers that you press the button and you would glue the sticker to. so that practical effects <laughs> the, so the, the rafa viral technique boom <laughs> ding i don't have a bell but that i i <laughs> I I'm I'm I have a lot of fun and I'm good at finding a practical lazy way to to achieve the end result if that even makes sense. That's good. I like that. Boom! <laughs> ship it. All right. Should we get to the show 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 of the show? Let's let's get to the show 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 of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kevin, um, what is our main topic for today? So this week, uh, what I wanted to do, and I, I think this is something we like to do um, pretty often, because um, we, the whole reason why we do this show is for all of you listening, we want to try to see if we can talk about things that would be interesting to you or helpful or mm-hmm. useful. Um, and so yesterday, what I did was just uh, go on Twitter and ask, hey, is anyone like struggling with something right now and have a question for us um, so that we can maybe talk about it and hopefully that can be helpful to you. And we got a bunch of really great questions. Um, I've, I've been like really loving like everyone's uh, like thinking around around these because I think a lot of them are um, touch on like complex things or complex issues uh, that will like spark really good conversations. Um, so huge thanks for that. Um, so we've got uh, one, two, three, four. Um, so I think we're going to go through all four um, and try to answer them as best we can. How does that sound? Lovely. Let's do it. Okay, perfect. Uh, so the first one is from Andy. Uh, Andy from Montreal. Um, so that's cool. Um, actually, I think all of the people who <laughs> ask questions <laughs> are from Montreal. Um, Kevin, are these all of your friends, <laughs> friends and family? Well, you know, I have I have lots <laughs> of friends in Montreal. So yes, I'd say all the listeners are my friends, Rafa. Um, oh. So yeah, so Andy says. Hello there. Quick question for the next layout podcast episode. Um, I'm just starting out and I'm building my first portfolio. Uh, and he's part of the redesign your website month, which is awesome. Um, so he says regarding the content inside of a UI and UX portfolio project, what is for you too much detail or not enough detail? I'm asking that question because I've seen projects with both approach. These two being one, a lot of imagery and little to no explanation and process. Or two, really long case studies where um, 
I'm wondering if someone in charge of hiring will ever read that. So that's the question. So Rafa, like what would you say is the best approach? Like focusing more on um, having lots of visuals and then less explanation about the process or a really long, like in-depth case study that goes into every single detail about the project. So as with everything in life, it's probably a little bit of both, right? It's somewhere in the middle. Um, but I can see, I can see this struggle. Like I, <laughs> um, I would say it really, first it depends on what you have. What do you have? Do you have like a, a, a 30 year uh, experience? You know, did you, did you work at, at very um, large scale and, and, you know, easily recognizable projects and products uh, what can what do you have to show for um like if you worked on two things if you're just starting out or working on one thing maybe uh, don't just show a screenshot maybe try to squeeze out as much detail information as you can um but so so that's just like the disclaimer it kind of depends on the situation a little bit uh but i still think that a really long case study that's always preferable over a couple triple shots or a couple screenshots and and just imagery um because that requires work <laughs> you're putting in more work and the case study in itself is uh it's a representation of who you are a little bit right it, well it means that you care it means that you put in the work and you really thought about this you didn't just you know design this pretty mock up um and also design, as we all know, design, it's it's a lot, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. It's us uh, trying to solve a problem. Uh, it's not like the end result is just one part of it. Um, it's it's the, the constraints that you have to overcome. It's the, you know, the... the the time constraints and the team that you have to work with. Um, it's, it's all of the ingredients that make up the, you know, the final result. So it's, it's, it's a it's a b, b uh, I'm rambling. Um, I haven't had coffee yet. Um, so I would say if you had to to choose, like if you had to just do one, I would go with the case study. Um, even though, sure, well, try to make a clickbaity, <laughs> uh, like hero for, to, to the case study, or like a you know a company with a dribble shot or something, but but that. For me, that's that that's way more special and important, and it will tell me a lot more about you, who you are, than just a couple of screenshots. So, cool. You? Um, yeah. So I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, there's a few things I like to add. So, um, one, wanting to write really long case studies can feel very daunting. Uh, <laughs> yep. And in some ways, that can be the thing that is preventing you from putting your work out there. So I'd say between like a half done, really long case study that you never release and like actual work that I can go and see on your website, I would much, much rather see the work that you have already there that maybe doesn't have like a full-blown case study and like a tiny novel embedded <laughs> on the web on a web page like a uh open this in the ebook format because it's so long like <laughs> it's better to have something out there than nothing so i would say 
at the very least, like if you're starting and this is your first portfolio that you're building, I'd say step one is just getting your work out there um, because that will be so much faster, so much quicker than waiting to write these really long case studies. Now, if you're able to get that work out there, like put it up on your website, having more context around your project is definitely beneficial uh, because the types of projects that we work on tend to be, and I don't know like about your work specifically, but at least like in the product design kind of realm, you mentioned UI, UX, um, that definitely fits into that. Um, The types of problems that we solve are typically fairly complex. And if you do a good job, it won't be obvious to someone why something is great. Like it's, it's the things that are going to, that you're going to be spending the most time on um, and the things that are going to be like the best about your interface are not going to show up in a screenshot. So like yeah. some examples I can give about that is like how like one, one of the, the things that we worked on for uh, checkout was um, thinking that we did a lot of thinking and research about um, uh, discounts and gift cards. And what, what we realized is that people actually do not make a distinction between uh, discount codes and gift cards. Um, and so while these were separate concepts for us internally, like in our database, those are different things, right? Uh, but to a user, um, they just weren't. Like people would use them interchangeably and they would like enter one in one field and enter the other one in the other. And it would just always like be problematic. And so we actually like went in and like did a lot of work with the uh, backend engineers to actually be able to create one field where you can enter any type of information. So either a discount code or a gift card, and it would do the right thing. It would, it would respond accordingly. Um, and then we would like update basically what the field says based on like what's um, available. Like, do you currently have any gift cards that are active? If yes, then we should show that as a label. But if you have some gift cards that have been issued, but they're not active, then we should like update the label to say something different, that kind of stuff. Um, so like, this is just one example. Um, but if I just showed you a screenshot that has like shows you the field, it's like, okay, like this is a field, like there's nothing interesting here. Um, mm-hmm. But when you're, you start telling the story of how did we get there and why is this field this way and why does it make sense? then now me as someone who's looking at your work, I can look at this and be like, oh, this is really interesting. This is someone who's going to think beyond just the pixels and is going to think about like the holistic experience of using this product. Um, So this is like these cases like that, I find happen very often in our work. And and that's like the case study format really helps you uh, kind of bring these ideas forward and make them accessible to people who uh, do not have access, direct access to your brain, right? Um, one thing that I want to challenge, though, um, is the idea that they have to be long. I don't think case studies have to be long. I think a lot of them are. Um, and But sometimes it's it's not necessary for them to be long and i think in in a lot of ways it's actually a problem that they're long um so i'm not a believer that like more is more (laughs) like i actually think that Mm -hmm. if you can't distill down your idea 
in like a manageable format that is going to be like a short read, then I actually think that's like a little bit of a communication problem, right? Like, like I'm, I'm a fairly busy person and like we all are, um, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not going to read 30 pages on your projects. Like, I want you to, like, pick the top few things that are really interesting. Um, and then let me ask you the questions for the things that I want to get to know beyond that. Or, like, you can have multiple techniques of, like, having links to, like, maybe blog posts or different other things. But I really want you to get a good case study, not a long case study. So focus on what matters. What did you do? Like, what was the problem? Like, how did you think about that? What are some of the challenges that you had? What are the kind of stuff that you learned? Like, just focus on these things. And it doesn't have to be long, but that will have the same impact as you, like, spending, like, three weeks just writing this one case study. Um, so, and it's going to take you way less time. You're going to be able to have that out there. And then people will be able to kind of read that really quickly and they're not going to see like the scroll bar when they open the web page and be like oh god i'm here forever and i'm just gonna like skim this um no like if they see that it's just like one or two paragraphs it'll be like cool yeah i'll read that i can do that um and so you might actually have more people read your stuff that way so um completely agree with rafa um if you can try to go case studies doesn't have to be long um and the main thing you have to do is just find a way to get your work out there so good luck boom thanks for the question andy andy from montreal yes um okay so our next question comes from our friend ricardo um he's like a a recurring (laughs) cast member of the show um (laughs) Our friend Ricardo, uh, who uh, works with me at Shopify, um, he also recently uh, created a new website for his excellent, excellent newsletter. Um, I think it's called, I think the URL is coffeetabletypography.com. Typography. Yeah. Am I getting this it, right? It, it really is. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, the, the domain? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll check. Anyways, we'll put a link in the show notes. I'm really sorry, Ricardo. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's it's really awesome. Like, you should go check out the website, even if you're not interested in the newsletter, because it's really well designed, really nice typography. Uh, and there's some, like, nice Easter eggs and animations and stuff like that. So um, definitely take a look. Um, and if you're interested, I highly recommend the newsletter. Um, it's really great content, and Ricardo's great. Um, with that out of the way, um, his question says, one thing I struggle with even after seven years in the field, how do you know when you have too much workload on your plate versus feeling like you can totally handle the hustle? In other words, what questions do you ask yourself to determine that fine line between I'm able to tackle all these things this month and nope, I already know that that's unreasonable. And how do you push back confidently? Do you want to start? Okay. Um, so let's, let's take this question kind of like piece by piece. So how do you know when you have too much workload on your plate versus feeling like you can definitely handle the hustle? Um, I think this is an interesting question to me because I'm probably not the best example of like the right balance for this um so i i 
I think that I run at a much uh, closer to something that's unsustainable as maybe is healthy. (laughs) So I like having a lot of things on my plate. Um, I will be involved in many, many projects at the same time inside and outside of work. Like I'm on um, four or five different projects at work. I'm um, doing this podcast, hosting an event um, every month. I'm like doing the redesign project. I'm like, I am the kind of person who like just needs a lot of things going on. And I absolutely hate uh, being bored even for one second. I feel like I I am often on the side of I can totally handle the hustle (laughs) and then I just figure out a way to do it. Um, So that's not good advice, though. (laughs) That is not necessarily good advice. Um, So I want to like kind of dig into that a little bit more um, and then kind of talk about the other side. (laughs) So bear with me here because like some of it is going to sound terrible. And it's also like I think about me not necessarily telling you what to do or what is the advice because i don't think like i mean all of us have our own experiences all of us have things that works work best for you and i don't i wouldn't want to be the person who like has the the gospel like the the truth like i don't think that's my role here i just want to share and be really honest with all of you guys as to like how I am and what I do. And if you learn something from that, then great. If what you learn is that sounds horrible. I don't want to be like that. That's also totally fine. Um, But that's the almost like the only thing that I know uh, is what I do. Um, So, okay. So what I do is I typically, I like try to not say no a lot. And let me unpack that a little bit. So saying yes to a lot of things and like being part of lots of opportunities does not mean that I'm going to be directly involved in every single one of these things. But it means that I'm I'm always like constantly looking for things, more things that I could be doing, more impact that I could be having on all the different spheres in my life. And what I've realized, at least for me, is that when people come to me, like either at work or outside of work, and they're like, hey, like there's this cool opportunity or like, hey, we really need you for this thing. Um, Could you help us out? These people have a problem, right? And the way you can deal with that, like assuming that you're you're busy, which I think like most of you are, um, assuming that you're busy, you could, there's two ways you can handle that. You could say, Actually, there's three ways you can handle that. There's, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And then, like, realize later that actually you really can't do that. Um, And you're actually not living up to your commitments. And then the people are waiting. Um, You're feeling bad. You're feeling terrible. It's just a bad kind of scenario for everyone. There's a second one that is like, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that. I can't help. Which is like that saves your sanity, um, but also isn't that helpful to the other person, right? Because the other person has a pro- uh, still has that problem, and they don't know how to get it solved. And the reason they came to you is because they thought maybe this person can help. Um, so 
the third way of handling it, which is what I've been trying to do as much as possible, is, well, I can't help you directly, but I can find that person that can, will be able to help you. So sometimes that means um, uh, like taking someone from my team and being like, hey, I'm like not the right person to help you right now, but here's this person from my team and I'll like work with them to make sure that like they're able to get the context that they they need in order to be able to help you. And I'm also here as like a resource to them to make sure that um, my team member will like deliver something that like is as high quality as I I would deliver for them. Um, In other ways, it's um, I know that like people ask me about something and I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I can't. Uh, but let me see if I can create like a system that will enable this. So um, sometimes it's like, okay, you're asking me directly, but actually rather than me doing the work for you, why don't you try to do this piece of work and then I will be giving you feedback. So instead of um, of kind of you being the stakeholder and me being the person who's going to act on the stuff that you need, why don't you try to do it? And then I'll be the stakeholder on the thing that, that you're trying to do and give you feedback and teach you a little bit. Um, some of the the people that I work with, like in content strategy, um, shout out to Nicola if you're ever listening to this. Um, one thing that she's been doing is shifting a little bit the way that she works because um, we have lots and lots of content needs and we just like can't really keep up the hiring on content strategy side. So uh, what she's been doing is like creating these learning and teaching opportunities so rather than work with every person directly on the project she'll do like a one like workshop or one talk about here's the best practices and put resources in place in order to kind of address that same problem but in a way that's going to take less of her time um so that's kind of like one area that i wanted to touch on in terms of like handling the hustle uh which i like totally hate the word hustle (laughs) but um i like totally get what it means in this context um the second thing is and i think this is where i like redeem myself a lot (laughs) um it's always be evaluating how much work is on your plate you, this like should not be constant in your life like you should always always feel um okay like optimizing what what do i do where is the value that i bring where can we bring in someone else where can i like delegate some of the stuff that i'm doing um because if you're not like really in touch with these things i think that's where you realize oh God, like I've just like, I'm taking on too much and it's just like not really being effective. So what I like doing is like almost every week, I kind of like take some time to think for myself of, okay, here's everything that I did during the week. And of all of these things, what are the things that only I could have done? And it sounds like maybe it sounds a, a little bit too intense. Like there's there's never a thing that like you are the only person in the world who can do. Uh, but in some cases, it's like, well, I'm actually like the really the best person to do this thing. Um, but like what you'll find, and at least that's what I'm finding, is sometimes it's like, okay, that thing that I did, 
I like I was able to, to do that, but I'm not necessarily the only person who can do that. Like it, we need someone to do it. We don't need Kevin to do it. Um, and so this is like some of the, the things that you start noticing. Uh, and when you start picking up on these things, you realize, okay, well, maybe this is a great opportunity for, for me to just hand that over to someone else. And for that person, that'll be maybe like a stretch area where um, they'll just have to like learn new skills and, and ramp up a little bit. Um, so constantly reevaluate. So one of the things, if I can give you an example, um, I, so for the, in the last, let's say year, um, I've been, so I've been like kind of leading the entire UX team for checkout. Uh, but like, uh, as I was doing that, I was also always taking on one project that was like championing that was really owning that was putting a lot more focus onto that i was like really involved deeply involved in um and it would start from like the beginning process of like researching the ideas and finding the opportunity and like writing a brief developing the ideas building a team executing on that and everything that goes through um and I've always like really enjoyed that. I found it really fun, really exciting, and I fe- felt like I've been having impact, um, which I totally was. Um, but in the last few months, as I've been like taking on more responsibilities, more team members, um, I've realized that I'm actually not having the best impact that I can have by involving myself directly into any given project. Um, because a lot of the tasks that I am doing within those projects are things that, um, that don't require the specific domain knowledge expertise that I have in a sense. And it's more about like, there's a lot of day-to-day tasks that are just running a project. Um, and so at my level, I, what I should focus on are like the really strategic pieces that are high leverage that can move the company or the team into specific directions. So I've been thinking of moving away from taking on these specific projects that I like embed myself into um, and kind of giving that space for other people, um, like many of them on my team, who really want to take more ownership over that problem space. And basically, like, this is exactly where I was just a couple of years ago, right? So, like, everyone's, I think, is, like, sort of evolving at m- maybe a similar pace. Um, and that's part of the cycle, right? Like, it's it's how we all evolve. And I'm sure, like, my lead has been doing the same things with me uh, when I was at that that kind of stage in my career. So that's something to consider, right? Like, think of where you're having the most impact. And um, if that is not true, like if if you realize, actually, this is maybe not where I feel like I'm having my best impact, uh, then have a conversation, like talk about it with your lead, uh, find like find other people that can kind of take that on. Um, one, uh, one of the tip, tips that I can have is like if you are apprehensive in having that conversation with like sort of your boss or your lead or something like that, like come up with a plan. Like most people won't say no to a well-formed plan, right? Like, because if you go to uh, to your boss and say like, hey, like that's too much work. I can't do that. Like that is too much. 
um, like some of them might react really well, but some of them might be like, okay, well, I'm not sure where this is coming from, that kind of stuff. So if you're worried about that, come up with a plan. Be like, okay, I've been realizing that this is, this is not where I'm having the most impact. I think I want to focus more on this, but don't worry because I found this great person. Here's why it would make sense for them to own this thing. Here's how they're going to grow. I'm going to be helping them. And then once you bring that, that like makes the conversation so much easier to have. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. And your your lead can just can just be like, yep. And then you're rather than asking them to do the work to make that happen, you're sort of taking that on yourself and you're um, just like checking in with them to see if your thought process makes sense. Anyways, I've been talking for a really long time. Uh, I could talk about that <laughs> stuff for for even longer, but uh, I'm curious to hear what you think, Rafa. Uh, I mean, you said all the things, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I can only add my the dumb answer, uh, dumb down answer. Uh, some of the things you mentioned, like I, I feel like it's harder to act on if you're not a manager, so it'll be harder for you to pool resources or like you know assign other people to these things so that can be trickier depending on your role in a company um but i'm also assuming from ricardo's question that this also applies a little bit to side projects as uh, as well uh, in your life yeah um, like i think the first everyone struggles with this i feel like Right, um, and it's all it all comes with experience that you've just been doing this for long enough that you you get better at estimating um, the required effort and you know time that takes to do certain tasks. Um, for me, uh, I just in order to reduce a bit of anxiety in my life because I still struggle with this uh, like every day still. So maybe I'm not the best person to give advice on it. Um, but like the two uh, most recent things that I that really helped me uh, reduce anxiety uh, in my life regarding this is um, first anything that is it's uh, like unknowns, like any type of task that you, you, you don't, you don't know exactly what's involved in this. Uh, just assume that's going to take you a lot of time. So any <laughs> kind of like kickoff project that you really don't know exactly the scope of it and like what it will take, just just assume that that's going to take over all of your time because it will. <laughs> um, and, and second, it's like, I know deadlines can be stressful. They are. Um, but just know that you can only do what you can do. <laughs> I'm so deep and smart. Um, like don't stress over if you can't deliver uh, because then it means that it's not your fault that you can't deliver on time or you're not good enough. It means that uh, we messed up estimating uh, what, how long it would take um, us to do this. So that's also uh, on your lead a little bit and your project managers. Um, yeah. So just, just really uh, learn from what you've just been through and, and make sure that that infers you know, the next sprint planning or the next whatever. Um, right. You touched on a really good point, um, which is like the in-project estimations. Um, and I think a lot of people feel stress about that. Uh, and I certainly did for a while. Um, and so, okay, so let's say you start a project, you estimate, well, this is going to take three months or something like that. Um, and then you start working on it and you realize, oh, wow. 
this is way more complex than we ever thought. This is going to take way more than six months. Uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't feel stress about that or guilt about that. It's like for me, anytime there is new information that we didn't have before, that means we one we took the right decision initially. Maybe we did we should have like dug deeper, but like given the information we had, we made the right decision. Now there's new information, so let's revisit the estimate. And I think that's... Yeah, I need to reevaluate. Yeah, reevaluate. And I think that's totally fair. Um, and I would... Um, hopefully, there's n- no leaders out there that are, like, holding people accountable to that, like, sort of first estimate when you don't have a lot of context. Because I, I feel like that would be, like, super unfair to people. Uh, but at least, like, at Shopify, um, it's it's something that we tend to be, like, more flexible on because uh, we recognize hey that stuff is all like really complex and we're all like kind of trying to figure things out as we go um so yeah if we get things wrong and we realize actually we didn't know about this we didn't know about that we didn't know about this uh, then we'll reevaluate the estimate and it'll be fine i think where you should maybe raise a bit more questions and and that's like for you to think about is when you had the right amount of information, but then still made the right, the wrong decision, which like happened to me countless times. Right. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the learning process. So like the next project you'll kind of like, know, oh, okay. Yes. I remember like project before we did that and we thought that would be easy, but actually like this is more complex in that way but, and so on and so forth. So, but also in this industry, we are famously bad at estimating. Things. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and, and also, uh, just be aware that if you have, um, you know, quote unquote, too much time assigned to a task that you know you could, you know, you can get that done in like half the time or whatever. Uh, be aware that we humans we will fill out the space that we have. Yeah, almost like I, if I have a week to design this one page, I will, I will do it in a week, and I will be stressed, and it'll, it'll, it'll be like crunch time by the last day or two and i would be stressed out and i can do it if i had a month to design that same page i would do it more thoughtfully sure and more relaxed but um like i would still take up that whole month it was not like i would be done in a week and then have three weeks you know not doing anything right um so that just makes it even harder to estimate because it's not like oh designing a website uh you know let's let's give you six months and you're done in a month and like, well, now we know it takes one month. That's not how it works. I wish right. it was. That's not how it works. So you just honestly, uh, and this kind of goes uh, over the, the, like how do you push back confidently in your question? That part is like, be super, you know, self-aware, uh, be, be honest with yourself. Um, and the, honestly, just, Trust your team and, and, and make sure that your team trusts you. Like, I know that, like, in the team, the, in my team right now, if I stress over something and I take longer than usual, I know that my team trusts me that that's because I needed that time, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that, that's kind of tricky because that's not something you can just act on and then, oh, okay, so do that and you'll have the trust of your team. This is, you know, we are humans working with each other. It's kind of tricky. Um, it's not an exact science, but. But having that confidence and 
that layer of trust with your peers and and with yourself that's very important with yourself which is arguably harder to get like i feel very guilty when i don't deliver on my own side projects and my own silly deadlines that i set to myself and that just creates more stress and anxiety in my life but so having that under control is something that takes a lot of time and you know it takes patience uh, but that's something that you should try to be honest with yourself and self-aware that that's something you know that's important yeah and i i think like you need to be just honest with yourself like if you feel like you're not going to be able to tackle these goals this month then just say it right like uh, for me at least i value doing things right and and like doing doing them like properly over doing them fast or doing a lot of things at once um and so if i can give one last example like on that that topic um, I had a team member recently um, that we sort of like reviewed their objectives together. And that's not the objectives that I've set for them. That's the objectives that they set for themselves. And they had like a three page list <laughs> with like maybe 50 bullet points. Um, and in this case, that was me pushing back on their goals. Um, and that's not because I don't think people should be ambitious. Like I, like very much in favor of people being ambitious. Uh, but I just don't think you can focus on 50 things in like the span of a month. Like I would much rather you pick one thing now, focus on it heavily for that like period of time. And then like when you're done, like maybe if you focus on one thing, um, it won't take you a month. It'll take you a week. So focus deeply on one thing for a week, then pick another thing up for another week and focus on that. So being able to like, like first do things right and then add on more things, I think it for me is the way to go over um, kind of trying to do a lot of things at once and then maybe like taking a while to like be able to get to them. And that's that's when you're like you have a higher chance of unknowns coming into play and then these things just pile up over time. Um, and how do you push back confidently? I think it's just being honest about it right like i I, like as long as you're able to kind of explain why that is like unreasonable or not doable um then i think everyone can will be able to understand that and if 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 not then that's on them not not on you kind of thing so yeah so we have two more questions so far. Maybe more, maybe by the time you listen to this, you think of like another great question that you'd like to ask us. Uh, you can do that on our Twitter at LayoutFM or to like me or Rafa uh, directly. Um, but we'll have at least two more questions that we'll take tackle next week um, because these questions were so great. We just keep talking and talking and talking. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. Okay, uh, Kevin, uh, before we get to recommendations and uh, maybe we do some Westworld thing, um, I have thoughts. Uh, 
we we kind of have to talk about this. So as for people who've been following along uh, for a while now, they're probably aware that we have been reviewing socks. We've been getting uh, socks in our doorsteps from uh, companies that really know how to make socks uh, because we are uh, on a mission. We want to find out the best <laughs> pair of socks possible and uh, most likely just 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 buy all the possible all the stock and just use the same like that yes. pair of socks forever um optimizations <laughs> so i'm really excited about this uh i feel like we're gonna start here and we're gonna start by talking about uh this one company it's called uh, darn tough they were the first to send out socks to us we have been we have been using these socks for a while now uh, like a week or so um and uh, Kevin, do you feel confident now to to talk about these darn tough socks? I think so. Yeah, I've been wearing a lot of different <laughs> pair of socks and comparing and measuring and taking photos and stuff like that. Um, so one thing that is interesting, uh, and again, like huge thanks to Darn Tough for sending us socks. Um, disclaimer: Also, I guess we got all these socks for free. Um, so there's they sent us a lot of different types of socks. Uh, we got. Yeah, but by the way, they although they sent us socks for free and you know unprompted and they're great. I want to make it clear that they did they're not like paying us to say good things. You know, like so this is not a sponsored review. This is that, an honest that is true. review. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, it came with no strings attached, um, and we will be very honest and brutal with our reviews. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we got the no-show socks, we got the running socks, we got the tactical socks, and we got the endurance socks. Um, so one thing I want to point out, like, right off the bat, and I don't know if this is something that you feel too, Rafa, so maybe you tell me. We, we haven't really spoken about this. Like, we're, we're doing this conversation live. Everything that's in the show is in the show. Um, it was unclear to me what the advantage was for each of the different models of socks. Like what's the difference between tactical and endurance socks? Who knows? Right. So from the name, it's hard to tell, but they basically just varied in levels of, of cushioning. Right. Um, but so. just like in terms, yeah, like I can look at the socks and I can see that the socks are different. Um, but I wish that on their packaging, so maybe this is like free, like on top of free advertising, we're giving them like free feedback, but hey, um, you can take that darn tough. But um, there was no explanation for me as to like why this makes this sock better for this type of activity. So it was kind of like, yeah, they're like different takes basically <laughs> um, as to like what the socks might be. And maybe you can choose like which one you actually like best of all of these, but there didn't seem to be like enough there to me that would say like, oh well, clearly like these are obviously better for endurance than these other ones. I don't know. Um, so that was just like a overall comment. So we got the no show socks. Um, so I tried those. Um, I'd say those were nice. Um, there were. 
I'd say more comfortable than a lot of other no-show socks that I've tried, um, which was a real plus. So the no-show ones are like the ones that are like really, really short. Uh, and typically like the major flaw with these is the uh, elastic that like kind of like holds the the sock onto your feet um and i'd say while this one was better and more comfortable than most it was still not 100 percent comfortable did you feel the same way uh kind of similar so by the way disclaimer that, that there's a lot of personal takes and preferences uh involved here right so what makes the best sock you know for me it's probably different from what makes the best sock for Kevin. It's probably different from what makes, you know, your best sock. So keep that in mind. Uh, the no-show one is tricky because I just can't find it uh, comfortable because it doesn't have the little tongue on your, uh, like, on your heel, pretty much. Which means the your shoe is going to rub off in that in that area, Uh at least all types of shoes that I have. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that is like immediate, and that's not to darn tough's uh, fault. Like I, I knew I look at that and I'm like, okay, I'll try it. It's probably comfortable, but that's not, that's not going to be my pick. Like I, that, I would prefer always something with a little tab or something to just, it, it's more comfortable to me. With that said, the materials like they're in that, that's all across the board. All of these models, they are very comfortable. They're very soft. Um, uh, there's a lot of differences between uh, uh, padding and uh, like weight to them. We can we can get that in a minute. Hmm. Um, I, but <laughs> I didn't even look at weight. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't even consider that. Interesting. Right. Um, you know what? I I can't just talk about one individual without mentioning the other. So can we just go over like in general all of them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's do that. Well, actually, let, let me start by asking you, out of these four, so no-show, running, tactical, endurance, uh, which one is your favorite? Endurance. Interesting. Which, which so one Endurance are is a light favorites? cushion um, running. <laughs> uh, uh, but also, disclaimer, I also use these for running, so... <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, here's, here's a couple things that I just... Like pros and cons of the darn toughs, you know, line, you know, lineup, <laughs> all the models. Um, again, all the materials are very soft. Um, the running model was very airy and breathable because mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I like. That's the, usually the first f- fault that I find in a lot of shoes is when I take them out for a run, uh, which I know it's a very specific type of of use case and, and conditions that probably won't apply to anyone if you're not running or walking for a long period of time. Um, but like your, your feet can get very hot, mm. <laughs> very warm when you're yeah. running. So the, the socks need to be very airy. Like they need to be breathable to, to let that air out and let the air flow. So it, it, it makes sure that your feet stay cool. Um, and with the running model that happened with the both endurance, well, basically, if you add cushioning, if you add more material to it, it, it makes it softer, but also makes it warmer and doesn't make it as breathable. Like the actual, the running model, you can see through them if you like, if you, you know, hold it against a light or something. Um, uh, I also got to say that overall, the shape of the sock, um, it's, 
it was not perfect. Uh, like it's not bad by any means. Um, I'm, I'm Which one are you talking about here? here? Are you talking about the running? All this, all this applies to oh, all models, really. Okay. Um, and this is maybe this is why some uh, socks have a left and right. Uh, <laughs> you and your left and right socks. <laughs> I gotta say, man. Like when I when I when I put on the darn tough socks, I have to. I put them on, and then I have to go back and adjust them. Like adjust the the front thing in my toes, mm. and like make sure there's no like excess in the side, in one side or the uh, the other. Because that again, if you're gonna walk for a long time or running, any little annoyance, like it'll it'll need a, any little uh, inconvenience gets amplified. You know, ten times if you're if you're running, right, <laughs> or whatever. So I need I need to make sure that the fit is perfect, and it's not wibbly wobbly and there's no excess anywhere so overall with the darn tough they are really good and again this is me nitpicking <laughs> i know i am aware that most people won't care about this but there's there's uh more adjusting and uh needed in order to to have them have a good fit interesting i didn't find that to be the case for me um so they actually fit me really well um I didn't love the running ones um, for two reasons. Uh, one, design. <laughs> um, I think they're the ones that look the worst of all of them, um, which mm-hmm. is, I don't know, maybe like a s- less important criteria. Uh, but they have this like little bit of gray and a little bit of blue, which I don't really care much about. Um, but also, and more importantly, I felt like they were tighter than the other ones. Which and maybe yep. maybe that's like better for running. Um, but what I'm looking for are not running uh, socks. I'm looking for like casual all day, like daily driver kind of thing. Um, socks that I'll just be have on all the time. Um, so um, for me, what I really liked about the endurance ones is the way the there's like a how do you call it like the little thing on the heel the tongue yeah the, the like tongue tab. and it also has like it's like a it has like a curved sort of mm-hmm. uh thing so that basically makes it so that the tongue sticks out in the back but then um it like it, you don't see the sock as much when you're wearing the mm-hmm. shoes so actually like fits at least my feet really well um it's like really comfortable like a nice nice fit um they don't show too much um when you're wearing them um and so for me that was the topic for sure uh, and they were like mostly mm-hmm. black with some like gray lines which i can i can accept <laughs> yeah overall design and all of these i'll give them a seven out of ten uh mm-hmm. meaning they're not bad they're not ugly socks by any means uh but they have enough detail to to make it a thing that right. I stress over or that I, you know, now I have opinions. Because if it's like a complete <laughs> black sock, you know, design is like, there's none, in, which can be a plus for a lot of people. Um, but because it has some things, then then it becomes a thing that I have to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll give it a, se- a 7 out of 10, meaning uh, they're not ugly socks by any means any stretch of the imagination but they're not like they're not 
they're not awesome. Like, no one's going to compliment my sock on the design, how it looks. Let's just say that. Um, okay, so you say that. Um, but I, and I don't think that that's necessarily my goal either. Right? Like, I, I, I want a sock that is like completely unremarkable, basically. Like, I don't want them yeah, to be. Yeah, but that's on the other end of the spectrum. Yes, yeah. Like, but I in, think in the, this case, the, they have they like a little bit too there. much. I agree that it should be toned down. Um, and in that sense, uh, the one pair that we didn't talk about was the tactical socks, which, which are, mm-hmm. I'd say, definitely the best looking uh, set of the bunch, right? Like they're mostly all black. They have a small um, darn tough, or I don't know if it's a darn tough logo, but a small gray thing in the back and then the darn tough logo in front. Um, it's like pretty tasteful. Um, but I, I would also feel at least for me, I don't know what you thought about that, but that they're like the most basic socks of the, all of them Mm -hmm. that we had. They're like, I'd say what I I would call like the default option. They're like, they're probably way less polarizing than any of the other choices, but they're also like, they're high, like the things that they're good at they're not as good as the other ones if that makes sense they're like kind Mm -hmm. of middle level Mm -hmm. of like they're fine for almost everything but they're not great in any way Mm -hmm. agreed yeah (laughs) like uh, again with with the design thing it's like it has enough that people will look at it and notice it and if people are noticing it can either be good or bad Mm -hmm. right and these are really right in the middle they're not bad, but they're also not great. As opposed to, you can either go completely bland. There's no design. No one will, no one will will like add a remark about how unremarkable your socks look <laughs> look like. Um, or you can go the other uh, end of the spectrum. Something like Nike. And Nike socks are always have like crazy designs, and some completely miss it. Some look really darn cool. Um, but so uh, yeah, darn stuff. I feel like make up your mind you either go you either invest in design and making it look really good or tone it down and make it look you know not a thing um so i have to say I mean, though all- i really really like the endurance socks like they're definitely mm-hmm. up there for me like they're a contender for the best pair of socks uh for me it's yeah it's definitely really like uh, on my top five socks of all time these are yeah these are really good socks <laughs> yeah <laughs> And we are being very nitpicky about all this, <laughs> as always with uh, everything, because <laughs> we are we are professional reviewers now. Let me say that these are, are are really good socks. If if you care about a good comfortable pair of socks, but it's not <laughs> you're not you don't stress it. You know you don't stress this as much as we do in. And so, like, you can't go wrong, like, because it's at the end of the day, it sucks and it's fine. And, and the endurance ones, especially, are really comfortable and and really good. Uh, you mentioned how the running ones were a bit too tight for you. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting. Like, I can totally see because, yeah, that's the compression socks are something you want for, especially running or any kind of like uh, physical activity. Uh, but for me personally, those attributes to a sock also are important to me, just casually. So right. Having having a very tight sock is something I also appreciate, even when I'm not running. Huh, um, interesting. So for me, I feel like I can, I feel confident that I will find a pair of socks that are like 
multi-purpose they are going to be very good running socks and they'll probably be designed for running but i I can also see them see myself wearing them uh all day so (laughs) not easy i know (laughs) so overall uh let me see uh these socks i think they they are priced at around 15 bucks 15 16 bucks something like that um so they're not they're not like expensive but they're they're priced as like a good you know high end pair of socks you know it's not three bucks or whatever you buy it like a at Target or I don't know um, so keep that in mind it's a thing uh, they're really really good socks thank you darn tough so much for sending these um, I'm really happy by the way I I, I was not aware like, uh, I never I've never seen this brand before apparently they are big in the U S not so much in europe um so that's why maybe i wasn't aware this was a thing and uh yeah <laughs> anything else you want to add um no i think we pretty much covered it like i yeah i think i would recommend the endurance socks like if if you i mean you can go and see them on the website um for me like those would be my pick maybe the running ones if you say that you like them rafa um I think that um, for me, like that that little like curve thing, I I definitely did notice some other socks do that now. Um, but like the curve in the little tongue, like on each side, um, mm. where like I don't know how you call this, like this the little like ball, little... I guess, of your feet, like like ankle, sure. I guess, your ankle. Yeah, it's your ankle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, you have a little, you have two little tabs on on. The front and on the back. Yeah, so like basically around your ankle. Um, it goes around your ankle, not over it. Um, and for me, that was those were the first socks that I got that did that, and that was a total re- revelation. I will not. I refuse to wear socks that will go over uh, the ankle now um, because of that. Because I like like that <laughs> that much. So um yeah go check it out huge thanks to darn tough um they're the first company who was on board and they were on board really quickly i just love that like that makes me want to buy stuff from them um so that's just another thing like that was really cool so yeah that's it i think we've spent probably way too much time on socks (laughs) everyone's tuned out by now All right, before we go uh, and probably talk about Westworld for a little bit, um, we have to do recommendations. Kevin. Yes. Uh, would you mind if I, if I get this started? Uh, sure. I will give my first recommendation first. <laughs> and then you can okay, do yours well, and then yeah, I'll do my mystery go, recommendation. Go, um, go so, yeah, because Kevin is fancy as two recommendations. Yes. Uh, so my first recommendation is a artist that I saw in con- concert last night. Um, she was part of the, like the jazz festival um, that happens here every uh, every year in Montreal. Um, it was Jesse Reyes. I don't know if you've heard of her before. No. I'll take that as a no. Uh, she's from Toronto. She's <laughs> really good. I didn't know. I knew like one song from her before. Um, and I, I actually really, really enjoyed the show. Um, she has like amazing stage presence. She definitely has that feeling to her, which I I don't know if you like notice this in artists sometimes, but that kind of um charisma, charisma, grit, and like hustle of like someone who's just starting out, but you can really feel like they're gonna do awesome things. Um, she like writes all her own songs. She's like 
uh, wrote songs for other people. She's like getting her thing started. She has like this really, really awesome like it vibe and interaction with the audience. She's really talented. Um, so yeah, I'm basically like huge fan of her now. Uh, love her music. So um, go check it out. And also on top of that, she did a uh, Chance the Rapper cover, which I think in my book is like <laughs> definitely always, always a win here. So uh, yeah, go check mm-hmm. her out. She's from Toronto too. Canadian. There's okay. a lot of Canadian vibes in this episode. Yeah. um Um, what's your recommendation my recommendation is a bit weird but i just realized that i don't think i've ever recommended this on this show and i feel like i have to it's my duty um so anyone who knows me or have met me in the united states at least uh knows that i am crazy about fig newtons (laughs) 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 up to a point in where it's kind of a like a running joke uh, for example, last time I was uh, here visiting Sam, um, he he got me like five packs of fig oh, newtons, wow. like as as a like a welcoming gift, whatever. <laughs> like I obsess over this because it is the perfect candy. Don't at me, or you know what, at me. Like, like, you know, I'll fight you. <laughs> it is a perfect candy. Uh, it's not even candy. It's like it's like a cookie. Um, and so it's like the most perfect thing that americans i feel like don't value uh, and by the way context if you have no idea what i'm talking about this is kind of like a lame uh biscuit type of cookie thing here uh i've come to to learn but um i feel like you should uh, you american people that have access direct access to fig newtons you should know that this is um this is an achievement of humanity uh, these are the perfect cookies uh i bought four packs uh two days ago wow um i have some right here right right here um and uh yeah so fig news if you haven't tried it uh and you can please do if you if you have tried it and like oh my god he's talking about this is the most lame common thing that uh, that we have um you know what uh rethink your priorities um <laughs> young person um uh, Go to your Walmart or your gas station or whatever to sell these and get a pack. And I really come to appreciate this because I feel like I feel like I should. Anyway, there's not enough love for Feed Newtons. And also, thank you. Uh, thanks to Marshall Bach for introducing me uh, by accident to this amazing <laughs> thing that changed my life. Um, yeah, as I was telling you before we started recording, I when I saw this in the recommendations, I didn't even know what it was. Like, is this a person? Yeah. Is this like a movie? <laughs> is this a book? I have no we don't, idea. I don't think this exists anywhere outside of the U.S. I don't and think they so. I've never gem. had this. They have this nugget of gold, pure gold, that they don't appreciate, Kevin, and, and that pisses me off. <laughs> this is amazing cookie. Anyway, maybe we have yeah. a new business idea for you. Smuggle fig newtons from the United States back to Portugal. I won't be able to. I'll eat them all uh, like on my way to the airport. I... <laughs> okay, anyway, so what's your fancy mystery recommendation? All right, my mystery mm-hmm. recommendation is Solo. Um, so the movie? Yes, the I movie. Haven't, haven't seen so, it yet. I don't know why, but you won't see this movie. But you really should. Um, you know what? I will this week. I promise. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, right. Um, Promise. I've, I saw The Incredibles too. I, I've been like asking you every single week to go see this movie so we can talk this about is true. it. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to talk about it. So don't I spoil was, it though, please. Well, <laughs> you go, go get what you deserve. Okay. Um, Kevin, this, no, please, please. <laughs> can we talk about it like next episode? You can still recommend it. Like, okay, my or your recommendation is to go watch it and we're going to talk about it next week. Please don't spoil this for me. I will watch it this week, I swear. Okay, fine. I'm I'm giving yes. you one week if you don't watch Thank it this you. week. I'm talking about it, whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I just uh, I don't I don't know why you didn't go see this movie immediately. I feel like I feel like at this point, if you still haven't seen it, you just do not care. Uh, but that's fine. I'll give you a one week. That is true. To your home. I don't care as much, but I care uh, enough that I want to be spoiled. But you should watch it. Uh, all right. So we're gonna talk about it next week. <laughs> Yeah, because we won't have any Westworld next week to talk about. That is so. true. Oh, yeah, that'll be weird. Okay, uh, let me do the outro and then we get to Westworld. Uh, Perfect. So, people, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I know this was a weird show because we're still like we're on we're not on our regular schedule, so sometimes it throws off a little bit. Um, but thank you for listening. And uh, if you haven't checked out our um, Layout redesign your website month uh, thing on Spectrum. You should. You can go to spectrum.chat slash specfm slash layout. We have the thing there. Get in there. Uh, share your work. Share your wireframes. Share your mood boards. Share your progress. Um, and let's let's get a new website done by the end of the month. Um, and so you can also follow us on Twitter if you want. Like That's where we... Uh, you know we we share all of our updates on everything uh we are at layout fm uh, i am at rafa hari and kevin is at vernal kick if you want to follow us individually um if you have anything that you want to you want to sponsor uh if you want to sponsor this show if you have any products or maybe your company is hiring maybe you have something that you would like to share with a bunch of designers uh we are open for sponsorships Spon- well I, didn't, I don't know how to say that word. Sponsorships. Um, get in touch. Everything on our website as well. Uh, by the way, our website is layout.fm. And lastly, this show is part of uh, Spec FM Network. So if you're looking for more stuff to listen to, uh, if you're looking to uh, meet more uh, great people and hosts, uh, they do a bunch of uh, cool stuff, you can check them out at spec.fm. Kevin, last world is uh, can, it come to an end. It came to an end. Uh, season it? two, done. It's done. Over. It's done. I, I have a lot of thoughts. All right, let's hear it. But, but it has been long enough that, um, like, I don't want to go over like scene by scene breakdown, whatever. First, we don't have the time. But second, that's not how, how I feel about this episode. Because this episode, I feel it as a whole thing, right? And honestly, the whole season as a thing. And I would like to talk about that thing. Uh, sounds good? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I'm here. I'm listening. All right. So the longer it passes from the moment I saw the, the finale, uh, my thoughts are like they're transforming. They're changing. They're alive. Um, and so and it's not good, man. It's not positive. 
um, I, I feel like this season had the higher highs and the lower lows way more than season one, honestly. Um, we had probably one of my favorite episodes this season. But this last season, the, I mean, this last episode, the finale, I feel like it just it just introduced so many stuff um, and also try to tie them all together and try to give us a satisfying ending and resolution to this story. But you can't introduce whole new crucial, important concepts at the end and also resolve them in the same episode. Um, I think in general, what happened on this season was the showrunners had to, you know, top off whatever they did in season one. And season one was a brilliant, smart, um, show uh in where they had a very a very smart complex thoughtful story to tell and with that they give us some twists and turns some plot twists some amazing uh amazing tv in general and i feel like those plot twists those revelations those they were part of what made it great but what actually made it great like the the big ingredient was a very thoughtful intricate uh, complex plot story on this season season two i feel like they they focused on the wrong part of what made season one great they focused on let's see how many twists and turns and plot twists and revelations can we add to this season and once we have that how can we tell a good story here it was like they try to tackle the same thing, but from the wrong angle, from the opposite angle. <laughs> and so, because of that, on the season finale, we like look at the twists that we had. It was introduced this robot heaven thing. Windows uh, XP. Like, oh, robot heaven. Here's <laughs> yes. Um, like here's the thing that now you have to care about. Oh no, Dolores is gonna shut shut this down and delete all the robot heaven do you still care uh no not yet well but wait oh no dolores changed her mind now robot heaven is a thing um don't stress over the fact that only westworld hosts are in the robot heaven so forget about choke on world and yeah it's like, where, where are these um, people yeah um then we had like remember last time we spoke about episode nine when william basically killed mm-hmm. his daughter and one of the things that I was I really intrigued, how is this going to change and affect this character? How different is William now that he just committed this atrocity? And this turns out, no, it didn't affect it. Like, William is the same. It, whatever. Just let's let's move on. I mean, um, that was but very. But we didn't see much of William, though, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, like, I think they maybe they could have shown more of him, but there's also another season. Um, that I feel like sure <laughs> but but he just wasn't in most of the scenes so it's it's hard for us to know sure but what but where he was i didn't see any major any change i mean he's also character. mostly so, alone let's move in the middle of the desert like I don't know. sure Let, let's move on dolores oh no twist dolores is going to kill everyone oh no dolores is not going to kill anyone oh no dolores is actually uh tessa thompson's uh character um oh no she's out of the thing but by the way why did he change her mind on saving the host unclear we had revelation of oh turns out logan is this ai in the forge 
um it turns out every single guest uh, is a co uh, has its own uh like uh open source <laughs> um like source code or whatever uh we had uh the revelation that you know Tessa Thompson is actually Dolores and the timelines are are weird uh that's cool i guess and then oh no but they're out of the world that's cool i guess uh oh stubbs is uh, turns out a host haha <laughs> <laughs> twist right at the end i don't care haha <laughs> anthony hopkins was actually not really all this time around you know in bernard's head there was also just bernard's own voice talking to him so haha <laughs> actually anthony yeah, hopkins that was very weak um like what the hell i probably i probably forgot about a bunch of stuff um but like all of this twists and turns all this complicated stuff that we really didn't care about um so at the end the like the aftertaste that i got in my mouth like at the end of this at the end of the season is like it was way too complicated there's still a lot of stuff that i can't really like i don't know the answer maybe if i if i if i think hard enough about it uh, I can get there, but like it, w- it was not a clear thing. It's it's very complicated for the sake of being complicated. Do you agree? All right. So I've uh, obviously listened to many podcasts about this, as as people do, and I think you have to because you've <laughs> hit on a lot of similar points <laughs> that I've heard before. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so my personal feeling on this is. I agree with all of the little points that everyone brings up. But for me, as a whole, there is still enough there for me to be like engaged into the show and for me to think this is this was like an interesting finale. And and yeah, they threw a lot of spaghetti at the wall to see what would stick. But the things that did stick were actually very interesting and it made for an exciting episode and i think like yeah like there's so many things that are like weird or unclear or that you're like what the heck is that what is happening but that's westworld that's what it is like i have millions of shows that i watch that are highly predictable like westworld the whole fun is to be like to not understand be understanding anything about what's going on and the discussions and the figuring things out and the theories like i'm i feel like much more than season one which i uh watched time shifted not like to me that is part of the fun of westworld um is that mystery that that everything that is like unsaid and that um, a lot of people mentioned like the fact that um, the people who make the show then go do interviews and different things and then they reveal more information there. Um, and again, I feel like maybe that's not the best thing for the general viewer. But for me, I actually find that fun. Like it is a different type of show. It is almost it, like, yeah, it'll be a bit of work, um, but it it is al- almost that like uh that hunt for information and like that the work of piecing this story together is kind of interesting to me um so yeah i recognize all the problems that you've highlighted for me it didn't really harm my enjoyment of the show uh and i'm like very much looking forward to next season um 
and but that that but I still agree that like some of the stuff is weird. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and I want to get your thoughts on that, um, is um, so I like towards the end we see um, Charlotte in like the real world, right? Which like at first you're like, okay, this is Dolores in her body, right? Because she like went on the boat everything went to this house um but then like there's like the scene cuts and then you see kind of another angle and you see that dolores like actual dolores in her body is there right um and tessa thompson they're both different people or charlotte hale um how did that happen exactly like because so from the information that we've got Dolores is in the actual Dolores body. And then Charlotte Hale, um, the way they call it is the create the creature inside of Charlotte Hale. So we it's kind of like left open as to who that person is. Maybe that is a clone of Charlotte Hale that is in there, like a host version of her. Maybe that is some other character that we know, or maybe this is someone completely unrelated. But how did you think, like, that transfer happened, right? Because, like, I'm trying to think, like, so Dolores is in Tessa Thompson's body, um, or Charlotte Hale, um, and then I'm guessing that maybe she has, like, some blueprints to create another Dolores, I guess? Uh, but then how do you transfer yourself from one body to the other? Yeah, you need Would it be else. Bernard? Uh but that doesn't seem like it lines up with what she's talking about, like when she talks to Bernard. Honestly, I don't know, and it's it pains me to say this. I don't really care. Like, so they went to this house, Bernard's house, uh, out of the island in the mainland. I'm assuming uh, he ha- he has like he had some equipment there, like some 3D printing. <laughs> Yes, so they mentioned that. Yeah, they had they had like the one three D printer, um, like that looks mm-hmm. kind of like a bath, and then she had the mind eggs right. thing uh, that she bought. With so her. she could very well just just three D print uh like one of those faceless skeletons type of thing, like a uh, robot butler, <laughs> <laughs> and have the robot butler help her out transferring. You know, then she she would build, uh, print her own. Like that uh, seems like you have to have a Evan lot Richard of trust would. into that robot butler. Yep. <laughs> oh, so so what are you trying to imply is that? Do you think there's someone else that helped her out? Uh, I think uh, there's someone else. Is it? Sure, I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, I don't like, know. Like, I, I want, honestly, what I'm, I wonder if there isn't right. something like where Ford is involved or like some other character or um, I don't know, um, like some 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 other person or like William or something like that that is like there to like help Dolores kind of get this thing going. But that that question is not interesting to me. I think it is kind of interesting because this this would be like humans helping um, hosts. So you think it's a human? 
I mean, you've seen humans helping Maybe. hosts, or like park. a or like a hose version of a human kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That basically, like for the first time that maybe Dolores like has to fully trust someone or, or I guess maybe an alternative would be like Dolores prints Teddy and then the hose version of Teddy then <laughs> switches Dolores around back in the actual body. But that seems like, like all of this seems like a lot of work just to get Dolores back in her own body, <laughs> which is also like kind of an interesting uh, question in and of itself of like, do these hosts care about their bodies? <laughs> Seems like they do. Apparently they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like, wouldn't be more useful to be Charlotte Hale. Yeah. Than be Dolores. Yeah. Like I don't know. But that would be very confusing to the audience. <laughs> but anyway, again, again, I don't. That is not that. That is not very important to me. I really don't care. Um, which is very sad uh, and pains me to say this, but uh, I guess Williams' thing is the most interesting. I guess because uh, at the end there was a switcheroo of getting into the elevator and he's gonna meet bernard no now he's in the future um right. and so and when he so when he leaves the elevator it's obviously like obviously some time had passed you know everything was decaying um but william says like oh am i in the thing and i thought <laughs> that was the reveal like is he in the simulation or is he you know, is he a host? For me, they were like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then at the end, there's the whole uh, the whole scene with, with Maggie and, and the last line was like, you know, uh, fidelity, like we're testing you for fidelity. And that was supposedly mm-hmm. supposed to be the reveal. Um, and honestly, I thought, oh, does that mean that William was a host this whole time? But turns out that's not necessarily true. So I think William, everything we've right. seen, William is still very much human. He did indeed kill her, his daughter and all that happened. I guess we don't know what happened after he was knocked out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's left up in the air. So we don't know yet. So like, may, basically like all bets are off. Like maybe he was a host all, all this time. Maybe it was human. Maybe his daughter was a host. Maybe she wasn't. Like, I'm not sure. Um, um, at the end, when they have, like, the rescue team and there's, like, the tents, uh, basically when, when Charlotte Hale talks to Stubbs and leaves, um, someone, like a tech or something, says to Stubbs, like, oh, we we found a very important or high-profile person or whatever. That that told me that was William. That's what I got from mm-hmm. it. Like, oh, they found William. Like, this, the boss. They found a right. boss somewhere. But, That's possible. Anywho, um, like I could tell you, I could sum summarize season one very effectively, very concisely, and would still all the twists and turns, and it would be amazing. I cannot summarize the season, man. That yeah, was and a so lot of much. it was so pointless. Like the um, I'm sorry, Maeve's whole arc, <laughs> like, has no purpose whatsoever to the bigger plot. Yeah. Um, the whole well. The whole uh, Shogun world did not matter at all. Um, the whole um, Akechata, well, that we knew that it didn't matter, but <laughs> didn't matter at all. Even the whole thing, when, um, so when when Bernard, at the beginning of the season, like episode one, Bernard said, I killed them all. 
did he like how wasn't it dolores that should push the button and flooded them yeah what do you mean also how did they get teddy's body remember um so i saw some some image that apparently he would be like right on the like at the further limit to where the thing got got drowned and that technically it would be possible for him to be like taken by the water but it would be very much a outlier like oh (laughs) you have this huge pile of host uh, bodies and then teddy is like a couple miles out anyway but still still it's like they were like just trying to trick us there was no Mm -hmm. bigger story to it than just to try to throw us off the scent does that make sense (laughs) anywho uh maybe we can maybe once the 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 dust settles a little bit more we can we can come back and talk a bit more about this uh westworld is still my one of my favorite shows i'm just disappointed because season one was one of my favorite tv seasons like ever um so i'm that's why i'm a bit disappointed because i can totally see this not being accessible to a lot of people like this is just too much you can't follow so you could you can't you don't care and you can say well that's fine i don't care for those people i like it well you know what if they don't have uh the audience if they don't have the views hbo is not going to spend you know uh millions of, of dollars to to do more seasons so that means sure yeah, you enjoy- i mean it's a tough thing to, th- to say though right because like if they change they can change this show to make it like appeal to a broader audience i think it's too late. in ways that would make you that would make you like it less right so it's like well make more people like it but only in ways that that work for me which i understand i, think I understand like a bit more difficult. i'm just saying but i i also didn't like like i don't like i want there to be a payoff i want there to be a reason like oh is this super complicated mm-hmm. why why is this super complicated what is the bigger picture that we're trying to to paint here uh, I mean, not I still think that we learned a lot this season, right? Like, we learned about, like, know, the man. whole Delos experiment, like, how they're doing the fidelity test, the way that they store the human consciousness and stuff like that. There's the robot uprising that they took over and then left the island. Like, there's there's some some good stuff that happened. But, but I think you're right that, like, if you... It's like if you uh, expect Westworld to like have everything connect perfectly, like the way that the Reddit does, like that everything is like is there for a reason. I think you're setting yourself up to be very disappointed. Well, like, not in season just, one, you know, not in season one. That, yeah, that's why it but was so season satisfying. one was like such a smaller scale that it's it was like it was just the one thing. Sure, the one reveal. Um, well, there was a lot of reviews. This still, was like hey, much bigger. Remember like, the hats? It was the hats scanning the. You know, the, it's that kind of stuff. Like, oh okay. my god, this was this was terrible. By the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? The the hats, like hats, are so like easy to lose to forget to put to put. Like, what if someone doesn't want to put a hat? Like, <laughs> people aren't forced to wear a hat. Like, what? Like this. To me, like, just really didn't make any sense. <laughs> Anywho, but anyways, all right, uh, um, this is going long. Uh, we have to wrap this yeah. up, but uh, there'll be probably more uh, 
opportunities for us to talk about this. But um, anyway, Westworld. It is. Uh, hey, right. Everyone listening, cool. let us know what you think. Are we are we totally off? Like, are you on Kevin's side that this is great? Are you on Rafa's side that this was terrible? I'm personally very excited for the next season. I'm apprehensive. I, I'm, I'm in like a state where I like know the different characters. I'm like invested in a way in those characters, not emotionally, but in more like curiosity about their lack of humanness basically um like i don't know i'm like i'm interested in the mystery and i'm fine that i don't know everything because that's just westworld and not everything's going to connect all the time but the fun of it is trying to fit the pieces together so yeah that's my that's my take all right okay bye-bye